In the Empire State, lawmakers in Albany are working to pass the Reproductive Health Act. Under the Reproductive Health Act, medical professionals who are not doctors could perform abortions. Some in the medical community believe it will help with the shortage of abortion doctors in upstate New York. The state legislature is scheduled to vote on the proposed law on Tuesday, which is also the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. If it passes, it's unknown how quickly the governor will sign it into law. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo signed a new bill that will strengthen abortion rights. The governor tweeted the Reproductive Health Care Act will protect Roe v. Wade regardless of what the federal government does. He called it a victory for all New Yorkers. But the Supreme Court has lately become much more conservative. Other states have passed laws chipping away at Roe v. Wade. So today, after a long, long wait, lawmakers in Albany moved to strengthen abortion rights in New York. New York is one state of several states around the country who have changed the laws to allow uh, third trimester abortions. Today's change will allow not only doctors to perform an abortion, but also in some cases, some of them can be handled by physician assistants and also nurse practitioners. Lawmakers passed new legislation to protect a woman's right to an abortion. Today's changes in Albany would also require insurance companies to cover contraception for patients. And late-term abortions would now be legal at the discretion of a doctor or other health care providers. The left this week uh, hailing New York Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo for passing a historic bill legalizing abortion up until birth. New York has been in the spotlight since Governor Cuomo's signing of the state's Reproductive Health Act into law. It removed nearly all restrictions on abortion and permits abortion up until the moment of birth, if necessary, to preserve the health of the mother. Earlier, and now Vermont is following their lead by introducing a similar bill that would make late-term abortions a constitutional right. Kermit Gosnell was an abortion clinic doctor in Philadelphia who was performing late-term abortions. In, in, in Pennsylvania, the, 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 the law is at 24 weeks, which is five and a half months, which is at about 80% viability of a fetus. Um, after that point in time, uh, unless it's extreme circumstances, you weren't able to perform an abortion. And he was doing this well beyond that a lot. He was found guilty for three murders, but they could have done it for hundreds. Yeah. And he would actually induce birth where they would have birth with a, to a live child, and then he would use a pair of surgical scissors to oh, snip their spinal cord. But that would be legal in New York, right. uh, for the New York law and, and what's being proposed in Vermont. You are listening to the 15th episode of the Saints Edified podcast. This is your host Arturo, and I just want to thank you once again for tuning in. What you heard were news segments from last year around this time. New York had passed a law, and uh, as you can tell from those news segments, uh, it allowed doctors and others to perform abortions late in the pregnancy. The very fact that this had passed and was celebrated by many was very sobering and depressing for me when I when I learned about it last year. And uh, if I'm completely honest with you guys, it made me feel somewhat responsible. And, um, and knowing that it wasn't directly my fault, but it was one of those things that I just not put too much effort in. Um, although I always thought I should be involved in a pro-life ministry and um, be more out there when it comes to these issues. But uh, it was something, uh, you know, being a Christian for uh, 10 plus years, 
and not once had I gone to an abortion clinic or anything like that and try to persuade people to um, choose life and uh, turn to Christ. Really what, what that law did was it pushed me to seek out a ministry here in town and thankfully I came across a few friends from a church I used to go to. Um, actually we still partner with them quite a bit and, uh, and that's uh, Sovereign Grace Church in ba Bakersfield. I went ahead and I reached out to um, a few friends and was able to connect with them and um, they have a ministry called Arcs of Bulrushes and we've just been participating in it for almost a year now and um, it's it's been a huge blessing for me to be part of and I got to meet some great people along the way. One of the few people I got to meet while out there and uh, now I get to call him a friend is Nick Dirks. Uh, he was one of the co-founders of the ministry, Arcs of Bulrushes, and I had the privilege of interviewing him and, and talking about some of the issues that we face. And I know that people who will listen to this discussion will benefit from listening to him. So I don't want to waste too much of your time, but before we start, I just want to let you know that there are links in the description to, uh, to the ministry, and we will definitely love for you to connect with us on the ministry page on Facebook. All right, so enjoy. All right, Nick. So thanks, man, for joining me today on the Saint Sanctified Podcast. You go to Sovereign Grace. I used to go there. We kept getting interrupted. It was on my birthday, and I kept trying to ask you about your testimony, and kids were coming up to me. You know, the ladies were, were wanting us to eat right away. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, I mean, I got bits and pieces of your testimony, but I never really heard the full thing, you know, the full thing, and, and uh, I just remember being very impressed. So do you mind sharing with us, like, how God saved you? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So I guess we start at the beginning. I mean, being raised, I wasn't necessarily raised like in a Christian home. My parents would go to church occasionally, that type of thing. I would go to Sunday schools, you know, a little bit here and there. Nothing that I remember really. Uh, then getting into like teenage years and stuff. I mean, really, once my parents split when I was in elementary school, like all that, for the most part, kind of died down. There wasn't any type of like regular going to church or anything like that. And then uh, getting into like my teenage years, just, I did the thing that teenagers do, you know, maybe the heathen that I was. <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, and then occasionally I'd go to get invited by a friend, you know, hey, come to like this Wednesday Bible study. I don't know what they call the Wednesday ones, but it was, you know, usually the teenage kid oh, like meeting at a high school. Yeah, I used to. There we go. Right. I don't know why that slipped my mind. <laughs> But anyways, um, I remember going to those, but you know, all those times, well, so I'll continue even from there. Then, then like into early like twenties and stuff like that, I would kind of go back every once in a while type of thing. But all those times was just like, it was like purely therapeutic. There was nothing else to it. Mm. I only went because it just made me feel good to be around happy people. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that was all it did. You know, I've, there was no, I wasn't grasping onto the gospel or anything like that. So that was in my 20s and then you know going farther in i get married you know start a career all those things have kids um get to my mid-30s and you know there's there's issues like things start happening in life that are you know result of just being a sinful person a depraved person um i wasn't necessarily like i wasn't going like committing like heinous sins or something like right. against like you know anyone or anything like that but you know but we just just um things like selfishness and pride get in the way especially in a marriage and you know start having issues in marriage and stuff like that and it was something i held on to really closely just because my 
you know, growing up in a broken home, I didn't want my kids growing up in that. Mm. And so like that shocked me when I started realizing that. So then I went through, so then I just, you know, started working on the marriage a lot and everything and things seemed to be just going fine. But the thing that I couldn't shake that kept getting me was like every night when I go to bed, I was so just uh, distraught about things. Mm. I would start thinking about, you know, just, uh, I guess, you know, what it, what life was about and stuff. And I would just start having these thoughts and I would, I would always end up at the end of this, just like terrified before I went to sleep at night <laughs> because I would just think about, like, I would get to this point where it was just emptiness mm, and it was like, yeah. and it, there was nobody there, just me. Mm. And it was just tormenting. And I was like, and then, uh, one night I sat there and I was just out of, out of nowhere. I just started praying. Never, that was something I never did and do those types of things. Mm -hmm. But it was like, I was at the end of this line and I didn't know what else to do except to turn to the, turn to this God that I had off and on heard about, you know, my whole life. And, um, but I'd never really took that, uh, to heart, everything I'd ever learned about him. Mm. And, um, so I just started praying and I guess, you know, it wasn't like everything just got better, but there was peace in a way. Mm. You know, I started praying. I um, opened the Bible for like the first time in my life mm -hmm. and started just reading the word. Yeah. And when this is all happening, you know, it's mm -hmm. not, I'm not thinking about like, Hey, what's going on? You know, I'm just thinking, this is reaching. Hey, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm doing something good here. I'm going the right way, you know? And, um, and then about after a month of doing that, this is like December of 2014, about a month of doing that, I started talking to my wife about it. She tells me that she'd been doing the same thing. That's crazy. And I was blown cool. away. I yeah. was like, are you kidding? She's like, no. She's like, I've been reading the Bible too. <laughs> I was like, and we were like, we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, so what do we do? Do we go to church? Mm -hmm. It was like, that was kind of the discussion. It was, you know, it seems really weird, but mm -hmm. we had no idea. Well, so we picked a church down the street, started going. And then uh, within about three months, I started, you know, met some people there, um, some friends I ended up making that were into like uh, kind of into apologetics and evangelism and yeah. stuff. And I was like, okay, um, this is cool. So then they like, so then these friends, like I started talking to them, then like out of the blue one day, as any good Calvinist friend does, <laughs> they bring up Calvinism. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know what that is. What is that? And they're like... <laughs> They're like, well, you know, read all these things. Look at, mm -hmm. you know, read John 6. Read, you know, you know, just yeah. Romans read, 9. <laughs> read Romans 9. You know, read all these things. And like, this is like, like I said, I'm like four to six months into like oh, having man. even started reading any, you know. I, I honestly hadn't been like indoctrinated in like mm. any type of Armenian thought or yeah. um, whatever yeah. else you would say. Um, even dispensational, right? Right, right. It's all popular stuff. but. You weren't aware of all that. So. I wasn't even aware. It's, yeah. uh, so these people, so my friends show it to me and it's pretty easy. I was like, all right, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Start moving on. Anyways. That's um, funny. <laughs> so then I look back now and it's like all providence, right? Right. I mean, we know it is, but when it's at the time when it's happening, I mean, how would I know? Yeah. I mean, if I, if I, the, the night I first started praying to God, if I, if my prayer said, wow, God, your providence is just wonderful. <laughs> you, you reached into my life and changed yeah. me, right? That'd be, that'd be absolutely. <laughs> I mean, honestly, man, like, like, but what you said is true though. I mean, it's because uh, you weren't really 
familiar with what's taught in most churches, your testimony like aligns so closely with what uh, we believe about Calvinism, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, and, right. Uh, and no, I mean, you, you were broken and realized you can't do anything, so you turned to God, you know? Right, and, yeah. And he saved you, and then it yeah. changed, changed, <laughs> changed your mind, your heart. I mean, man, that's, that's, that's amazing, bro. Yeah. yeah so, and, and your wife, too. You said your wife also... Yeah, uh, both of you guys at the same around the same time. Yeah, that's yeah, just crazy, absolutely. man. That's just what a blessing that was. Yeah, man, because I mean, having a marriage with mm-hmm. where you're married to, you know, a sister in Christ, mm-hmm. like you can't like that's amazing, yes. right? I mean, yes. I don't, I don't know what it would be like, you know, but mm-hmm. I imagine it's difficult. I mean, I've known people that are, mm-hmm. you know, married that to like unbelievers. I know the struggles they go through, and yeah, yes, exactly, man. I mean, that's, that's it's just cool though, bro. It's cool. It's cool. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you shared that. We'll get into the whole pro-life thing a little bit. Mm-hmm. One thing that I, uh, it's funny, the first time when I was out there with you, maybe the second time, we were talking about like, you know, pro- pro-choice arguments. And someone was like, you told me that some, that someone told you like, oh, well, um, you guys aren't educated in biology to even uh, talk about these things. Mm-hmm. And, and you said, okay, well, if I had a degree in biology, would you listen to me? Yeah. And he said, yeah, okay, well, I have a degree in biology. You know, <laughs> and, and yeah. I, after when you first said that, I thought you were just being funny. But then afterwards, no, you actually do. You actually went to school and, and, and you have a degree in biology. Yeah, yeah. Um, so did you pick biology before you became a Christian? So like, out of all things you could have been educated on, why did you pick biology? Yeah, so, well, absolutely before I was a Christian. Okay. We're talking 10, 12 years before I was saved. Um, yeah, dude. Um, so that story that you're talking about was a, um, was like a, was a Facebook post. <laughs> okay. And this guy was on there ranting about how a the unborn child is 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 the same as cancer or it is like cancer whatever he said right similar to cancer and so i challenged him on it and then other people started challenging as he started being faced with more good arguments against him he turned to well i'm just not going to believe any of you guys because none of you are biologists (laughs) (laughs) and i asked him i said so you'd believe someone if they they were a biologist (laughs) well yeah I said, well, I have a biology degree. <laughs> and I said, I said, I have a biology degree, and I'm, in all my arguments that I've presented against you, I can show you without a doubt that <laughs> the unborn is not cancer. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then he goes, well, that doesn't mean... What, I, what, I, what I'm saying, though, is I'm not saying the unborn is cancer. I'm saying the unborn is like and then cancer. <laughs> and then, like, it just... And then he changed the whole thing. And then yeah. he said... Then he went into utilitarianism mm-hmm. and all that, mm-hmm. and I was like, I stopped talking at that point. I don't do Facebook debates, really. It's yeah, no, thing, but, it's, but... It's, just, it's, just, it's just funny because, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the, the fact that you, have, that you do have a biology degree, but it's interesting, though, you know, because especially those who, who are pro-life, who are out there with science and everything, uh, they see us as the most, like, uneducated people and uh, sexist and, you know, uh, medieval-minded, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and um, you know, so... And maybe that's for a different talk, you know, because I do, I do want to actually dive, because we talked a little bit about it, and I think it'll be very helpful to share a little bit, but not, maybe not today. You know, just your mindset before, you know, when, when it came to biology, evolution, God, they're, they're very helpful. But it's just it's just cool to know that, um, especially when we're out there and someone brings that up, yeah. you know, I, I, I could bring you over, hey, well, if you want to talk to a biologist or someone who has a degree in biology. Absolutely. You know, so it's, it's just it's just pretty neat that, that, um, that, they, they, that they actually do have a degree in that, and, um, and I'm sure it helps. <laughs> Dude, it does. It helps. I, we've used it out on the sidewalk multiple times, basically. Because I, you know, I mean, I've done, I did microbiology, all those things, genetics. Mm-hmm. You know, I took nice. a lot of genetics classes, microbiology. 
including microbiology, you start, you get into, um, well, and genetics, but all those things you get into, you cover like embryology and stuff like that. And so I've been able to articulate pretty clearly, I feel to people, you know, how biologically, you know, the unborn is a separate distinct human being. It's come across, it helps, man, because there's people that, um, you know, don't know those things necessarily. Yeah. I think it's more of a, a cop out. Uh, I mean, and I think it is. I'm not. I'm not saying that just to throw jabs at them. But it's more. It's more of a cop out. You know. I mean, imagine like if I if we talk to atheists the same way who question about question the Bible. Oh, well, you guys don't have a master's in divinity, so why should we listen to you? You know, like right. Like, yeah. We never we never use that on them. You know, and yeah. and when someone has a question about the Bible, we'll more than likely answer it. You hear atheists talk about these things. Very few times they get it right, but. A lot of times they don't, and we don't use that same card on them, you know, like, oh, well, you, well, you don't have a degree in theology, so right, you yeah. shouldn't be talking about this, you know. And Now, as I mentioned already, Arxel Bull Rushes, that's where, I, that's where I met you. I met you through Ben and Anna Maurice, uh, which at a later time they will be interviewed as well. And um, uh, I think all three, all three of you have just great insight on, on, on this movement. It's, it's called Arxel Bull Rushes. It's on Facebook, you know, right? Yeah, anything, anything else? Facebook page. Working on a website. It's not okay. there yet, um, but definitely a Facebook page. So, yeah, just Archibald Rushes should come up. And I guess at the end we can talk. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. we have an email address. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> but we, we want people to contact us for sure. No, we definitely want we definitely want to make a, uh, a website or something, you know. And, and I, I think I agree to help you guys out on that too. So one more thing before we start focusing on pro-life arguments and all that. Um, it, you know, you, you've, you've only been a Christian now for almost six years. Mm-hmm. But you were immediately drawn to pro-life ministry, and yeah. um, and I just find it interesting because when I when I first became a Christian, I wasn't thinking about going to you know these abortion clinics or anything like that. It wasn't yeah. until way later where I realized there was such a problem. So just quickly, how, how did you like like what drew you to, to pro-life ministry? You know, like how, how did that start? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I mentioned that I got kind of turned on to Calvinism by my friends you know early on and stuff mm-hmm. so part of that included friends like in event well and evangelism so so i started going on youtube right and um, like one of the first things i found you know you find like living waters you know right, comfort yeah. and stuff so start watching those they start you know i mean then you start seeing that they do hit on they hit on pro-life stuff in there you yeah, know like a little bit and then um so then i started talking to my friends about what i was watching and one of my friends goes you need to look up jeff durbin <laughs> I'm like okay, <laughs> this wasn't about a pro-life thing. This was about Calvinism, right? Yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. Like that. He's yeah. like, you need to look up Jeff Durbin in Apologia. Okay, I'll do that. That'd be cool. So I look it up and like, so I start watching those, um, listening to Apologia and stuff, and then um, following them on Facebook, and then you s- start seeing they're making videos of them out in front of abortion clinics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, and it just like like I think the first video I saw like just lit a fire. Mm. It was like yes. And this is like six months into being a Christian. Nice. So nice. I was like, it just it, that just lit me up, dude. Nice. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> that's I need to be doing that that's like cool. immediately, you know. So this fire started, and I started studying, you know, about abortion because I didn't know anything about it, right. you know, at that point. I hadn't really thought about it my whole life. I hadn't really been uh, like involved or really closely affected by abortion, so I never yeah. really. You know, I never really thought about it, but then, um, yeah, man, when I, when I started diving into it and studying abortion and the history of it and where we're at now, and then the pro-choice side and, you know, how much, how all of this stuff in light of the gospel is just 
mm-hmm. one of the biggest spats in the face of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like, throw the gloves off. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, great. I've got a background of being a little uh, yeah. <laughs> pumped about things. And, yeah. I, nice. you know, I like not confrontation yeah and, confrontation yeah. right and those types of things and <laughs> i wanted to use aggression but i'm not it's yeah. not like aggressive i mean it is but it's like yeah yeah no i get it yeah i got no issue with that and i was really i was like let's do this nice like yeah this is this is wrong as it gets <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's great man i mean yeah that's good that's good it's uh so jeff durbin same thing here man the first time i saw it like done i, I don't say done the right way but just on a basic street level you know where mm-hmm. um <clears throat> Just seeing him go out there and, and talk to people and how easy it was for him to respond. I, I just think that that's, that's helpful to, for Christians. And that leads to my next question. When you saw these videos, is that what helped you prepare for the ministry? Is that what helped you prepare for uh, for the pro-life ministry to go out there and start um, trying to save babies and also reach the loss at abortion clinics? Like, so how, how, how does the preparation look like? Yeah, so those, um, those definitely do help. I mean, we mimic a lot of it, yeah, what right. we see on these, you know? Yeah. Most of what's going on right now, probably over the last four or five years, especially, is mimicking this stuff, right? Mm. Well, you've got Apologia out there. You've got people like John Barros out there. It's awesome to you know watch his story and see what they do. Rusty Thomas, basically the, all the ground that all these people would kind of be under in a way is kind of the ground of uh, an abolitionist type movement, mm. which is very it's it's not a behind the scenes you know it's not strictly a political lobbying that type of thing you know just leave it to a group or a or a lobbyist or something like that to take care of this and right. pass the right laws or anything like that um you know the movement that's you know come out from these people and has been um based more on you know hey we're christians we have the gospel if anyone's going to do something about it, it's going to be the body of Christ. Right. And so um, <clears throat> that's kind of been the, you know, the the movement that's just taken off. Um, so, so, I mean, let, let me understand what you're saying. It, it sounds like what you're saying is that just what prepared you was just being a Christian. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> you know I mean? right, just, yeah. Just, just, you, know, you see the gospel, you see the gospel, you see sin, death, and, right. and then you see the the, uh, the antidote, you know, the, the res- you know what's going to fix this. Right, and then so you look at abortion, and that's what you see: it's sin and death. Right, and then you're offering the gospel, and and um, and then along with these videos and these guys that you mentioned. Right. Um. So I mean, that's pretty neat, man. Uh, that's uh, again, I, I wish I wish someone told me that years ago. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, personally, and I think I told you this before. Um, I, I'm kind of the opposite of you. I, I I don't I don't do well with confrontation. You know, like I will confront someone if I have to, mm-hmm. uh, but I try to avoid as much as I can, and maybe go around about way of fixing things instead of. Getting, you know, getting in someone's face. Not, I'm not saying that's what you do, but like, you know, like uh, just heading to someone and then try to fix the problem right then and there. Yeah. And then, especially if it's going to be offensive to them, you know. Um, and I've always thought like, man, well, I'm not equipped. I'm not prepared for this. You know, what if they stump me and, I'm, and I, make, I make a fool of, uh, of Christ and of the church? And and, uh, and what if I start? And I had all these excuses. Right, know? right. And really what you just said uh, basically was, was, you know, in light of the gospel, we should be out there. You know, we have everything we need, you know, mm-hmm. and then like that, but plus we have these, these guys out here who, who've been doing it for a while yeah. that we can kind of mimic and, uh, and, and use them as like a, somewhat as a, what would you call it? Like an example. Yeah. Just use them as an example Absolutely. And, and learn from them. Right. Yeah. And 
you know, they're an open resource too. Yeah. I mean, these guys will talk to you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They, to, to, um, you know, in the abortion fight, we, you know, these guys are almost like, these are like the celebrities almost yeah, of the abortion <laughs> fight, right? They would hate being called something like that. But, oh, yeah. but they'll talk to you. You reach out to them and they're like, oh, yeah, awesome. You know, they'll, they'll give you pointers and help you on things. Yeah. You know, um, Jeff Durbin, he, he, he's the same way. Um, and it's funny because a long time ago he gave me his number and, uh, and, and he would respond. He actually responded. And yeah. I, I, I felt bad because like, I know how busy he is. And so would Chris, you know. Uh, and and, uh, and then one time I, he started getting busy in like recent years, and he also does Mormonism stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, so I came across a, a uh, an argument uh, that was presented by a Mormon. I thought it was probably one of the best ones they brought up to me. And I gave it to Jeff Durbin and Messenger on Facebook, and Jeff Durbin said he would get back to me, and he, and he didn't. So like a week later, I told him, I was like, hey, guess what? I'm a Mormon now. <laughs> and, and then he's, he's like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And he thought I was serious. And I, and I was like, I'm just kidding, brother. I'm just, I'm just giving you our time. I know you're busy. That's <laughs> funny. I was like, but, I was like, but, but like, what do you think about this answer that I have? And he, and he, he responds, man. He, uh, these guys will respond to you. And, uh, but um, really, they're just like us. You know, They're just like us. And they, they desire to have the body, which is cool. You know, and For sure. So um, with that being said, man, you mentioned a few people already. Are, are there any books or, or resources that you, that you recommend, like like a, like a go-to book that someone must have, or or something that someone must, in in order to do this ministry effectively and properly, is there something that uh, besides the Bible, of course, like yeah, is, yeah. Is, is there anything? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, um, so one of the easiest things to go get your hands on is um, watch the Babies Are Murdered Here movies. Okay. Yeah. I still gotta um, watch those. They there's two of them now. Um. The one that recently came out this year is uh, is quite a fire starter. It's a good one. Yeah. But um, that for sure, um, you know, pick up Sproul. Always a good resource, right? Okay. Sproul wrote a Sproul wrote a book on abortion. It's a great awesome. book on abortion. Um, you know, that guy always has a way of yeah just explaining things in a way that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he's got a he's got a lecture series on it too on YouTube. Um, well, so, um, other books, um, Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate is a great book. Okay. What is it again? Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate. Okay. Um, that, that title itself will, it's unique, so yeah, we'll find it. <laughs> that's a great book. Um, give you an idea of the, uh, basically, you know, as Christians, how it's up to us to okay. stand in the gap and, um, you know, in the fight for abortion, especially to protect, you know, those who are the innocent being led, yeah. you know, away to the slaughter, right? right? So just like we're commanded in Proverbs 24 yeah. to hold back those, right? Being led away to the slaughter. And, um, you know, we don't have an excuse not to, right, you right. know, we're commanded. Um, another ref or uh, some other resources, a good website, abort73.com. Yeah. Great website. There's so many articles on there and you can read through them and they use... They'll get they'll use statistics from from resources that are basically like that would be more of like on the pro choice side, you know, oh, okay. right? You know, right. The, but these statistics are out there, you know. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> they use those, I mean, to, to basically debunk so many arguments that the pro choice movement has. Huh. And it's that's a great website. There's actually what else? There's there's a really good to get on to go along kind of the lines on the lesser magistrate thing too. There's another good resource that I read probably three or four years ago, <clears throat> and it's a essay written by William Lloyd Garrison. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. From the time of um, you know the the slave trade in America. Wow. 
and when so he, he was a leader in the abolitionist movement of that time oh, nice. and so it's a really cool essay that he wrote um it's called exposure of the american colonization society okay so it's an, it's a good read and just is about it, everything you read in it it's not crazy like it's okay. probably right. 40 pages okay that's not bad but it's, this it's free online yeah it is. nice so if you um like reading through that you can see the parallels of what's going on now nice. with what was going on during the time of slavery yeah. because at that time just like now the movement that's sprouted up has been because of more or less the fact that you know we're like we're taking three steps back for like every two steps forward we take yeah. in the fight yeah, against right. abortion as it as it is like as in like politically mm. and so he goes in there you know and you see the parallels of what's going on now <clears throat> you know because just like then it got to a point where what are we doing mm-hmm. you know just like with abortion now we're we're almost 50 years into roe versus wade why are we 50 years into it yeah it doesn't make sense right i mean we're the church and we're 50 years into this and we're you know 60 million dead children deep you know more yeah. than that you know that just doesn't make sense at all not with the commands we're given in the bible you know as as the church you know not with the examples we're given in the bible you know in the ten commandments we're, we're given right mm-hmm. thou shalt not murder right right well the whole purpose of that table of the ten commandments oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is love your neighbor yeah, right, right? right that's right. that's our direction on loving our neighbor yeah what are we loving our neighbor just by not murdering our neighbor <laughs> i mean we're not right that'd, right. that'd be easy right yeah. <laughs> like, i didn't oh, kill him I know. <laughs> like you know what i mean so i'm doing pretty good right but it's not what it is right what comes with that is is the is not just that negative declaration of what you're not supposed to do but the positive declaration of what you're supposed what you are supposed to do to love your neighbor yes. right yes. so so we're we're not supposed to murder but we're supposed to do the complete opposite of that yeah. we're not supposed we're supposed to save our neighbor's life right right, right? if it comes down to that yes. and That's we're given point. the examples of that all throughout scripture right i mean yeah. you know when we're when we go into the story of the good samaritan right i mean it wasn't the fact that the good samaritan didn't kill the person you know, because the other guys didn't either. They didn't kill him. Yeah, or, right. I mean, he didn't die, obviously, but they didn't. Yeah. You know, they didn't. They didn't treat him the bad. Yeah, you know, yeah. badly. But yeah. but the crime was the fact that they didn't rescue him. Right. Right. Before you go more into that, because that, that's going to lead to my next question um, regarding the church and state, and also um, abortion. You know, you, you made a good point. Like fifty years in, if the church was so active, you know, by now it, abortion wouldn't be as big or as allowed. And, um, and and it, it does seem like in recent years there has been some actually uh, I don't know I guess good news uh, to some extent on on abortion clinics being shut down and all that. But at the same time though, I mean like 50 years and I don't know how many. Uh, you have an estimate of that number? Yeah, it's always around 60 million. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's just crazy. That's a crazy number. I mean, <laughs> yeah, 60 million. Is. I mean, I, I, you think about it, like man, there could have been that many more human lives. You know, um, I was actually looking through this morning before we came here. I was looking through. Uh, wikipedia and the deadliest wars in human history oh, right man. and i yeah. mean um since we're dealing with american you know the Ameri- numbers in america you know 60 million dead just it blows away america you know, the wars america's been involved with, like american deaths you go worldwide and it's it's crazy i mean i haven't calculated it but i was thinking about it i'm interested if if the deaths by abortion outweigh all of the wars that we have recorded throughout human history and we're talking you know you know pre 
pre-Christ uh, era, yeah. you know, as far back as they, you know, these wars that they've recorded go. And I mean, I don't know what the total is worldwide, but we're at about, we're about a million a year in yeah. the U.S. And, um, but worldwide, it's about 40, 40 million a year. Yeah. It's big, dude. It is, man. And it, it just, it, like the point you made earlier, it's, just, it's just still echoing in my mind. Like the church, man. Like, you know, the early church, they were saving babies that were Absolutely. abandoned. Um, you know, and they're willing to be put to death uh, for their faith alone, you know, and these guys were on fire, you know, and here we are in a country, especially in America, where we are able to exercise our free speech and do these things. And yet, you know, when we go out there, it's like we're the only ones out there, you know, and there's a few Catholic ladies with their uh, rosary beads that are might, maybe walking around, I'm assuming praying, probably. And um, or they the bring their Virgin Mary. I, saw, I only saw that once that huge statue of the Virgin Mary and start singing. Our city is the Bible Belt, supposedly, of California. <laughs> and uh, you would think, you know, out of all cities, the abortion clinics here would be the most, I guess, disturbed by, <laughs> by Christians, you know. And when it comes to the church and state and, and our fight against abortion, you know, you might hear some people say that, you know, the Bible says to follow the laws of the land and abortion is legal. So why are you guys fighting against it? Or what could be your response to that, you know, for someone who wants to talk Christians to just stop? This is not your fight. You shouldn't even be in, the, in this debate. This isn't a faith issue. It's a woman's right issue. So, like, what's your response to, to so, someone saying that abortion is legal? It's a done deal. Just let it be. Right. So, one thing to talk about with that is the statements that are made, like, well, it's the law of the land. That's not necessarily true in itself. Okay. Yeah. I know you plan on doing some other yeah. discussions <laughs> when you get into the Constitution and, and stuff like yeah. that. But, um, you know, the Supreme Court doesn't make laws. Okay. Plain and simple. Right. So Supreme Court makes decisions on constitutionality, and the decision they made in Roe, for example, is not a constitutional decision. Mm. I mean, it just doesn't align with the Constitution, right? Yeah, yeah. We're told in our that life is an inalienable right. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, you know, the Constitution is has is prepared to protect the inal inal inalienable rights such mm. as life. And so the road decision just flies in the face of that. It's the interesting thing when it comes to that is that there are states that in which, according to state law, abortion is still illegal, mm. but they do not enforce that law. So that's an interesting thing because I believe from what, so I've listened to the apology, I'm pretty sure Arizona is one of those states oh, man. that it's... Like, their law hasn't been changed. Their law on homicide hasn't been changed. It still includes um, abortion as murder. But it's not in force mm -hmm. because the states have caved into a, a wicked decision. Yeah, wow. In California, interesting enough, like, our homicide law includes abortion as murder, mm -hmm. but then has a subset in it that says that the broader one doesn't doesn't explicitly say abortion, but it says from but it but it includes the murder of the unborn is mm -hmm. homicide. Then it has a subset below that's been added in time that says unless it's procured by the woman, basically oh, as wow. an abortion, right? Then it's not punishable <laughs> under the homicide code. Although the interesting thing is, it's still recognized as homicide, yeah. just not a punishable homicide. Wow, yeah. Interesting, right? Yeah. So it wouldn't be in there if it wasn't recognized <laughs> as homicide. So they right. recognize our own our own state law here. That's crazy. As liberal as we are, still recognizes abortion as homicide. 
Um, well, and then um, besides that, why do Christ- why I mean why why should the Christians be involved? Well, because this law is in direct conflict with what with the law we're given by God. Yeah. You know, as I spoke about, we're you know we're positively told in God's word to save these people, to mm-hmm. save the innocent, right? To stand up for especially the orphan, you know, and. So a law like this flies in the face and directly conflicts with what God has ordered us to do and commanded us to do as Christians. And that would be absolutely the main reason why we're supposed to be involved in this. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that about California law. And But really, yeah, if, if something contradicts God's law, we're supposed to, and I'll bring up a passage later on about that, but we're supposed to um, destroy those arguments and those reasons. Mm-hmm. Now, so it becomes an issue about morality and, and how we're supposed to view these things. Um, now, and without getting too technical already, um, how sh- what should be the the uh, how significant is morality in the abortion debate? And and not only that, but um, since we can't really rely on the law being neutral, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what's our end goal when it comes to going out there and and preaching Christ and trying to save babies, especially when the law seems to be going against us? Is what I'm saying. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, we're in a lot of trouble if we use society and government as our moral compass right. that's for sure <laughs> yeah right so like you said the slave trade in america was a legal thing you know it was it was in our constitution yeah. you know those type so we can't trust governments we can't trust in we can't we simply we can't trust in man for right for guiding our morality right yeah. our morality our morality has to be grounded in the biblical word of god and that's important because you know when we go out there you know we get to stand on this real objective morality right. that honestly is recognized by people whether they want to or not yeah. right yeah. and when you get into the morality thing with with unbelievers and you watch like the debates that that revolve around morality you know as much as someone wants to claim that something like morality can be subjective mm-hmm. They don't live that way. Right, yeah. Right. You know, and it makes, um, it gives us such a good, like, that's our foundation to stand on, right? Yeah. I mean, we know it's wrong. It's objectively to murder a, another human being. Yeah, and we can't pretend that there's some type of neutrality. That's what society most of the time will want you to think, right? Right. The postmodern world especially wants to believe in neutrality and tolerance all over the place. Right. And so we can't, so... You'll hear the argument a lot, or people will say things like, you can't legislate morality, right? You'll hear Mm -hmm. those goofy things, and that itself (laughs) is just ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. Everything that is legislated basically is based on a morality. Right. So it's one thing we're talking about when we talk about the myth of neutrality, right? Mm. Um, It's not a question of whether or not morality is being legislated, it's which morality is going to be legislated, right? right? Yes. So, um, <clears throat> so people will try to bring up something like that and say, well, you're just trying to legislate, you know, your morality, like, especially, like, you know, your Christian morals, you're trying to legislate that. Mm-hmm. Well, of course I am, <laughs> yeah. for one thing. Um, but that's not in opposition to, to what you think is that, or, you know, this pro-choice person you know this this isn't in opposition to to what you would say is not legislating morality right because then all you're trying to do is legislate your morality yes. my morality bumping up against yours right yeah. 
and then that's where we get into the discussion the discussion i think i remember in your just in your interview with randy he talked about that Mm -hmm. where um you know when you have these two moralities that 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 bump heads yeah you know how do you where do you get you know what what happens then yes you know you can't go with this um philosophy of tolerance and neutrality anymore i mean you just can't right right. you know something has to give yes and where does it give well it's gonna give eventually well what it should do logical insane world is it gives into the objective morality that we know right so ultimately i mean as christians we know it as a direct command but we also know that you know inherently in what the human being knows especially when we're dealing with something like murder Mm -hmm. we understand that it's wrong yes i mean there's no matter how savage of a society you could find out there there's there's some threshold where there's you know that's obviously wrong yeah. in their society you know yes, yes. so yeah. i mean so morality's huge dude it's, yeah man it's a it's a big deal it's mainly because our only hope um is the person and finished work of christ it's the gospel yeah. and, and i think that's what distinguishes some pro-life ministries from others mm-hmm. is that there are some pro-life ministries or or movements that want to say uh you know what well just don't include bible verses mm-hmm. don't don't have signs out there um, in fact, like don't even be out there uh, yelling at people or trying to persuade them, you know, away from the clinic. Um, instead, you know, do it at your workplace, do it, um, you know, over dinner or coffee, you know, and um, or give us money and we'll take care of it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or yeah, give us money so we can go speak at colleges. <laughs> but um, so I mean, it's just it's just one of those things where you know because the gospel is it's it's our only hope really. When it comes down to it, it's our only hope that we have. It's a it's a message that has power, you know, to change Absolutely. someone. When we, when we get to pro-life ministries without, that don't preach the gospel, that don't use Bible verses, but yet are, they're seemingly changing people's minds to, mm-hmm. to not get an abortion, do we want to say that, that those ministries aren't good? That they're doing something bad? Right. How, how do we go about that? Right. I wouldn't say they're bad. I would say, I think it's, is it the guys of the Apologia that always like to say, uh, God can draw straight lines with a crooked stick? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Um, and so... Um, and also the other saying, right, that uh, even a broken clock's right twice a day. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they're not bad. You know, these efforts that are out there and, you know, the things that they're successful at. I mean, saving life, saving life. It's great. Yeah. I would say that to their own detriment, they're limiting, they're limiting themselves. Okay. Um, and so what I say, what I mean about that, um, I give kind of a real life example. At one time, there was a presentation given here locally, in fact. And it was basically a pro-life presentation, um, but the speaker was that was invited to give it was a proclaiming feminist atheist. Like that was kind oh, wow. of how they were introduced, <laughs> right? And they they prepared some slides. Some of the slides that they prepared that they talked about were how do you how do you coexist with someone like them in the pro-life world as a Christian, right? Right their presentation was all based on this assumption that there was some type of a neutrality that we can all just be on this even playing field with. Yeah. They, they talked about, so don't talk about, you know, sin. Don't talk about, oh, it said like affirm the separation of church and state, whatever. Yeah. It's, that's another goofy one. I'm sure you can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> it was someone with Ben or something, right? Yeah. Ben on. But um, all these things were presented. And so I ended up going to the organizer of this and, I gave them my criticism on that. I basically told them, I said, what are you doing? I said, you're, you're poisoning the well. Oh, wow. So why, why would you do that? 
what are you doing? You have a room full of Christians and you're, you let someone come and, and you endorse it on, on top of it. You let someone come and give something so, so against our worldview. Yeah. So I got in a discussion with her and it turned in, basically what ended up, we ended up ending up with a discussion. Well, friends, I hope you enjoyed part one of our discussion. If you have been enjoying this podcast, I ask that you please subscribe and rate five stars on iTunes, Spotify, or any platform that you're on. It does help uh, the podcast appear on search engines and recommendation list. Um, once again, look on the description for a link to Arxel Borush's Facebook page. Please like uh, and support if you can. And if you have been enjoying the Saints Edified ministry on Facebook, Instagram, and this podcast, and if you want to support, you can go to patreon.com slash Saints Edified, and you could be a, a patron and, uh, and help um, support the ministry monthly or even do like a one-time uh, donation. It all helps. Uh, it goes to equipment, software that I may need to provide and create content for you. Episodes are uploaded every Tuesday and Thursday, so stay tuned for the next one. Until next time, friends. Sola Dea Gloria.